Hey and bloody welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. It is the 12th of February, uh, 2024. Uh, it's the 87th episode of this bloody little podcast of ours. My name's Captain Perth, uh, here with you once again to talk, you know, just general shit about mm-hmm. just general gaming news and banter and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Grizz, yes. one of my, my favourite human beings. How you going, mate? I'm bloody good, Cap. I mean, I cannot believe it is like mid-Feb already, Cap. I know. Like, where the Crazy, fuck isn't it? has the year gone? It is just... We're almost, us, we're almost behind like... Us. We're almost a sick through the way th- oh of the year. Oh, my God. Start planning for Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you've been to Coles recently, and mm. yeah, I mean, you probably have, but um, I feel like the time in which they start putting out the decorations for holidays uh, in the last couple of years has been earlier and earlier. So I wouldn't be too surprised if we start seeing, you know, well, Christmas there's Easter stuff in stuff. there, right? That's not till April. So that's, yeah. yeah. I, do you know what? I legitimately saw hot cross buns coming out yeah. just after Boxing Day. And I was like, this is taking the piss. They've got us. <laughs> this mate. is ridiculous. They've fucking got us. Yeah. They're hey, ridiculous. It's Valentine's Day. When is it, Cap? Next weekend, is it? Did you know that? Uh, it is indeed. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, we've, uh, well, we, we, I mean, look, but have, being the um, parents of a 17 month old, it's not like you can do an awful lot for that holiday. Um, <laughs> I've got to be honest, Grizz, I'm a bit of a fucking Grinch when it comes to Valentine's Day because I think it's just a big load of fucking shit. It is. It's one of and, those things, um, mate. You should be able to, you should just, I mean, you don't need a day to celebrate that kind of thing. I also right? think yeah, wedding just... rings are the biggest fucking crop of shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all fucking, it's all fucking made up, isn't it? Um, I, I heard a, I heard someone say that uh, Valentine's Day was made up by Hallmark uh, card companies uh, to sell more cards. Um, now I don't know how true that is, and I've done no research myself, but I'm fucking living on that one, right? So it's yeah, all big load of fucking marketing bullshit. I reckon all Regardless of it, is, of, mate, surely. You know? Yeah, I always do something for me, so I've got something sorted for her. Do you? Know. you? I do you make tell a big me fucking stream, song about it. I might copy you. I reckon might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll text it to you. <laughs> yeah, <brilliant. laughs> uh, but yes, that's Wednesday. So um, yeah, get excited. I guess I don't know. I don't. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. I, you've obviously not got an awful lot planned for that. No, no, no. no I, well, not that I'm aware of. I don't know. We've yeah. kind of discussed it, but no, nothing on the cards, mate. Yeah. Been, well, been- it could. Sorry, yeah. I said it's been a pretty hectic week, but I'm sure so I'm sure we'll do something. We're kind of in the stage now with our kids that we can just go out for dinner and let them fend for themselves. You know, they can like cook their own food. My elders can cook food and stuff, so it's kind of not too bad, mate. Got a bit of freedom, so I'll probably go do something. Probably go have dinner somewhere, maybe just down the road yeah. or something like that. And- I mean, if you can fucking book something, yeah. mate, you better get onto that early. That's very true. We might just go to the pub. Yeah, go to the pub. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that works every time, right? <clears throat> They'll be able to squeeze you in there. Um, well, it, it might be very well, Grizz, that um, uh, everyone's uh, big Valentine's Day present is Xbox announcing something that some Xbox fanboys probably won't think is much of a Valentine's Day present, but we'll tell you more about that later. You know what um, I'm hoping now tell for me- for Valentine's Day, Cap? Elden Ring <laughs> well, DLC date. Yeah. Now, that is the kind of fucking present I'm after. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell right. you what. Mm. If, all right, if the Elden Ring DLC comes out on Valentine's Day, yep. 
I will never complain about Valentine's Day ever again. <laughs> okay. okay. Done. Yeah. All right. You got yep. me Sounds good. live saying it right that. now. Yep. I'm going to clip um, that and I send that to gonna Mia. I'm going to send that to Mia. Just to let it <laughs> yeah, clip it for proof. Exactly. Tell you what, if it does come out and we have willed that into existence, I will totally cop not being able to uh, complain about Valentine's mm. Day for the rest of my life. Mm. Uh, but anyways, look, Grizz, how was your weekend? What did you get up to, mate? What, what, what's going on? What's new? I am so fucking tired right now cap yeah just like yeah it was just a couple weekend. of tired dads in this oh, podcast man, cap, cap and i was like all right let's get this let's fucking get here and get this done not that we don't love you and we don't love this podcast we don't love catching up but both of us are shattered now when we get you know, into it it's good right but it's just like oh, yeah. sometimes you have that little you gotta get over the little lip of like oh man can, maybe we just cancel this one i'm so fucked like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like have to get over that little hub i was pretty yeah. close to messaging you right but i was like nah <laughs> fucking just get it done close to messaging you too <laughs> <laughs> see we both understand like that, though if that happens yeah no, yeah this is, exactly. this is Shouldn't tell the listeners this. These are these are secrets. We have legitimate reasons when we uh, yeah. Podcasts, well, hey, right? life, life, and just general tiredness is a legitimate reason. Anyways, Chris. All right. So me. I had a, I had a I had two gigs Friday and Saturday night, both pub gigs in the city with the Tone Smiths. Speaking of which, Jim needs to come to one of my shows and he needs to get up. And yeah, sing a Jim song. needs to come. Called out. Song. Yep, calling you out, Jim. I've heard you sing. Voice of an angel, um, but man, they were both amazing shows. Like it, I, I was both of them were absolute pumpers. Had the room rocking, rocking. The second one was a uh, both of them were in Irish bars, different venues in Perth. And both of them were really great. Just, uh, just, just good gigs. And then on Sunday, cap, I'm prepping for. Um, I'm in an audio slave tribute band, and we're doing a self-titled, uh, which is the very first audio slave album. Um, gig with uh we're supporting a rage against machine tribute band who's also playing the rage against machine self-titled album so last night was the first jam prepping for that and it sounds wicked man like such good yeah musos and yeah i can really imagine looking, really yeah looking forward to that yeah yeah such yeah. fun to play on live, drums man. dude like uh yeah just very 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 enjoyable so yeah that, wicked that was pretty much me i did do some other things but I want to save it for how's your gaming going because I did do some gaming things over the weekend. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yep. You nice. won't. You you'll never pick it either, mate. You never pick it. It's kind of interesting, Cap, because my kids are all at an age where starting to be able to play video games together, and that's kind of uh, that is kind of that's the kind of, a... of my how's your gaming going. Okay. I'll talk more about Dude, that. Dude, I'm all about that. I can't wait for those like family gaming sessions when Ted's, you know, of age. I'm sure he's going to try pretty early on. I can already feel it. I can see yeah. it. You're going to walk yeah. in and he's going to be sitting on your computer chair, mate, just like banging on hey, the keyboard. Who the fuck do you think does he you try, are? He pal? does try to get in there, doesn't he? Like, he like he's got oh, something about that room. As soon as that door is open, he is like, pew. <laughs> he loves it in there. It's yeah. like a candy shop for him. He, he gets all, like, worked up. He's like, I can't believe I'm fucking in the room. Like, it's, it's hilarious, man. <laughs> what does so he do funny. when he's in there, mate? Does he just like touch? He just wants to sit on the chair and look at the table and what's on top of it. And like, he doesn't even want to play with it sometimes. He just wants to look at all the lights and stuff. It's so funny. (laughs) So funny. But yeah. Love it. Uh, Well, what about you, mate? mate? What happened? Talk me through it. I know a couple of things. Keen to hear about it. 
Yeah, so um, Friday night had a mate's um, comedy gig who I've been meaning to go and catch one of his gigs for since I knew he did comedy gigs. So finally got a chance to do that and it was really good. We have a Fringe Festival on here in uh, Perth at the moment, which is kind of just like a, I guess, like an arts festival. People can do uh, kind of, you know, arts shows. So there's all kinds of shit going on at the moment and a bunch of different venues that are hosting all these different uh, these different shows, uh, and our good friend Adrian, who's been on the uh, on the show a few times, uh, he was doing a gig, so I went and catch, catched his set, and it was wicked, really good. Uh, you never really know what kind of quality you're going to get out of a fringe show, uh, and that's not to say that I didn't think Adrian's stuff would be uh, quality, which I knew it were, would be, and it was. It's mm. just more so the other other comedians. I wasn't too sure what we're going to get, but they were all hilarious. It was a really good hour of just solid comedy. So that how, was really how long good fun. were the uh, how long were the like sets? How long was each comedian up there for you? Look, probably about ten ish minutes, I'd say, and then they had like an MC come in and do some kind of bits in between, and uh, and he was really good as well. Yeah, so it was it was really good, uh, and you know, get a few drinks, and I caught up with a few other few uh, with one other mate uh, that we I haven't seen in a long time. He's just moved up the road from me, so that was good fun. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was Friday night. Uh, Saturday, uh, we we actually had a um, a D and D game again with Adrian and a couple of mates of mine and his. Uh, oh, a few mates, and that was also really bloody good. Uh, we fought an Umber Hulk, and mm. um, I'm playing a monk, and he just punches the shit out of everything, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, I'll look up what an um, Umber yeah. Hulk is. What is an Umber Hulk? Um, it's like a big insectoid humanoid thing with big pincer like oh, mandibles, dude. and yeah, it's brutal. What's uh, the challenge? So, it's a challenge rating five. Oh man, what yeah. level are you guys? What level are you? We're guys? level four, so oh, yeah, okay, yeah. But, but the it's it's cool, it's cool because uh, our DM kind of rates. He basically gives us some cool items that kind of make us a little bit stronger than we should be. So that he can up the difficulty of the encounters and make them a bit more epic, and it feels really good because you know your your AC is a bit higher than it should be, and you know this and that, and it kind of works out well with the because we're playing uh, the Planescape uh, rule set, I guess, which is kind of the whole idea of the rule set is literally anything goes. The whole thing centers around this magical city that exists in between all the different planes of existence. So your party can just literally go fucking anywhere within the realms of possibility. Uh, and it's really cool. So that it's been a really sick, good campaign man. so far. Yeah. yeah nice. So, um, but yeah, so I did that Saturday night and then Sunday uh, went to the pool with Ted and we got a haircut uh, and I was just very tired because we we D and D through to about eleven thirty, so I probably got to bed at just after, just before twelve o'clock, which is very late for me. <laughs> Big yeah, my Saturday night moment. was three a.m. at home, dude. dude. I don't know how anyone at the moment <laughs> in my current position of life could be past up past ten o'clock. I did sleep honestly. until like nine thirty a.m., which I know. Wouldn't yes, that's the problem. See, yeah. like yeah. I can. I went to bed at just before 12 and then I have to be up at like 5.30 because that's when Ted gets up and it's like fucking bang, time to go, you know? So, like, I don't know. If I went to bed at 3, I'd get three hours sleep. <laughs> that's all I get. So, yeah, so yeah it's fucking brutal. Um, but, yeah, so um, that was pretty much my weekend. But, Grizz, mm-hmm. I um, 
I've been logging my because I this year I wanted to I set myself a goal of losing um, what like thirty kilos by Ted's birthday, Whoa. and I've already lost seven and a half kilos in a month. No so, way, dude! That is a lot of weight, Cap. Holy shit! Yeah, so I'm well and truly on track nice for work. my goal, and uh, yeah. First, so you reckon um, the no beer is making a difference, Cap? Shitloads of difference. But just, I guess, it's it's also just my general overall kind of, uh, just my general approach to, you know, just just calories and stuff like that, you know. So realistically, a lot of it is just me not making shit decisions with my, <clears throat> with my nutrition. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of kind of makes a lot of lot of sense realistically so yeah but it's it's good man like i'm 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 probably uh well i'm definitely the lightest i've been in a while so it's 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 nice it's really good um but yeah so happy days um all right Impressive. well I'm shall impressed. we yeah shall let's we just it, get mate. into it what do you reckon mate let's let's get in there i reckon I've just misspelled um, erich's name twice in chat sorry erich but get out of that yeah, you're gonna just yeah, it's close enough. Close okay, enough is good enough with this podcast. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump straight in. Um, firstly, big thanks to all the wonderful people listening. Uh, you know, live on Twitch.tv/slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. You can do so too from 7 p.m. every Monday night, Australian West's standard time. Uh, pretty exciting. You can join such legends as Airy J, uh, also Straight Jacket Jim, Sukai AU. You know. The creme de la creme, as you might say. So uh, if you want to get in there, get stuck into it, well, go ahead and do it. It's good for you. Um, all right, other than that, I uh, just want to say a big, you know, huge thank you to our wonderful Patreons. Uh, they are the legends that come out uh, every month and drop some big smackaroonies in our uh, in our bank. In fact, <clears throat> you guys are the sole reason that we had two, uh, you know, uh, viral, you know, no, well, weren't quite viral, but they did really well. They did. Uh, little social media kind of TikTok mm-hmm. things floating around. So, uh, thanks, guys. They are the following people Sukai, Moosey, Caging Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, J Libs, uh, Strops, and Slatos. I did, I, real, I realized that we hadn't checked the Patreon thing for a long time, Grizz, and we, it's not the same anymore. <laughs> so, got different people. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, oh, well, lucky you checked people with it. Hey, um, yeah, so just on one of those, one of the reels, we did cop a bunch of uh, salty nerds. Uh, oh yeah, big time to do with Pal World and the use of AI. So um, yeah, that was a good one, Cap. Well done. I like that. So yeah, absolutely. I think the funny thing was like. It was, it was so basically, you know, I mean, going back to what we discussed before, you know, we kind of had, you know, suggested that perhaps along with other people who had suggested the exact same thing for very fucking reasonable reasons, that there was probably some AI used to maybe design some of the powers and sure, they probably fleshed them out afterwards. But, you know, some of them are pretty fucking obvious. Uh, and some people just got really up about, the whole, oh, there's no proof. And it's like, well, sure, but there's also no proof that there isn't as yeah, well, buddy, by one, yeah. that pure virtue. Yeah. So, I was like, you yeah, know, yeah. chill out. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Anyways, uh, you can't, can't keep everyone happy, but you can keep yourself happy. Anyways, um, yeah, let's dive in, Grizz. Big old freaking quest log. Huge, massive. Actually, I'll tell you what, this is some big potential 
news, like to the start the year off in the first kind of couple of months, dude. Mm-hmm. The shit Massive. we got to talk about today is actually pretty hectically large. Um, so, I mean, let's just start off with the first massive one that you may or may not be aware of. But basically, there was a few rumors flying out last week. It kind of all started with, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Grubb, who's a, a th- I can't quite remember whether they're IGN or Kotaku or some shit. They're one of those um, kind of news companies. Uh, they've got a lot of kind of insider, you know, insides, insider, inside information. Uh, and, Basically, it kind of seemed like the rumblings were, were suggesting that Xbox was looking at, you know, potentially putting Gears of War onto the PlayStation. Uh, and as the week went on, it kind of seemed like that same kind of source or sources were suggesting other games might be coming out, like maybe even Starfield might land in other platforms. Mm-hmm. Now, as always... Because people can't just pull their head out of their ass and just get on with just being a big gamer, they have to be a specific brand of game. They have to, you know, have to build their entire fucking identity around the fact that I own an Xbox and that's who I am. You know, yeah. um, so people started to get very fucking salty about this idea of, um, you know, well, oh, you know, PlayStation's got their own kind of stuff, and you know, we need to keep our own and blah blah blah. Anyways, uh, look, post I- all that. Kind of see it a tiny little bit. Maybe we'll get to that. Keep going, Cap. I'll have my yeah. Look, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but regardless, uh, Phil Spencer uh, took to Twitter and basically said, "Look, we're listening. We hear you. We've got a we've got a planning. We're planning a business update. Mm. This is verbatim. Okay, we're planning a business update event for next week where we will look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox." Stay tuned. Now, we didn't get a date, but that would be this week uh, in the current. Uh, So, this was posted seven days ago. So, theoretically, we should know at some point soon about what that future vision of Xbox is. But since all of that has sort of come out, a bunch of other shit's happened as well. Uh, So, we've also had sort of rumblings that uh, maybe the new Indiana Jones uh, exclusive to Xbox made by Bethesda Mm -hmm. may very well too fall on other consoles, uh, i.e. the PlayStation 5. We also heard that we may be getting ones like Hi-Fi Rush uh, and some other bits and pieces floating over there. Uh, And then what happened after that, Grizzly, Uh, is on the Xbox website uh, and the Xbox kind of Game Pass website. They have removed the Xbox Series and Xbox Game Pass logos from their new IPs coming out soon. So that includes games like the new Fable coming out, Avowed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also included other games that are currently out, such as Forza 5, Halo Infinite, Age of Empires, Sea of Thieves, Doom Eternal, Deathloop, Fallout 76, State of Decay 2, uh, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, and, yeah, so yep. shit mm. is going down at Xbox. We don't quite know exactly what the scale of it is, but a lot of this points to, okay, and we've. I think we've been seeing 
the writing on the wall for Xbox for a while now, Grizz, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what this is pointing to and people are suggesting the exact same thing is that they're going for this Game Pass first approach, right? They're, they're giving less of a shit about how you play their games, more of a shit about how many people can we get on our, you know, service, like that Netflix-like gaming service, right? How many people can we get on that? And how can we get as many people consuming that as possible? And realistically, based on the stats, uh, it apparently, you know, they've all, all but basically conceded defeat in the, the you know, so-called console war. Mm-hmm. Apparently, PlayStation has sold double the amount of consoles than what Xbox has. And I think we're kind of looking at potentially an announcement this week that there's going to be some kind of consolidation uh, or, well, not consolidation, the opposite of consolidation, sorry, you know, like a a release of their IP into different markets and that being different consoles. So probably we'll see shit on Sony. To me, it makes sense, Cap, the turn of events that you've said. And I just want to quickly uh, uh, duck back a a little bit. So obviously we've seen um, Phil Spencer in a bit of damage control here, Cap. Um, He has uh, reportedly uh, met with a journalist to kind of say, answer the question, will Xboxes exist, cease to exist, should this happen? And he was pretty quick to say that um, uh, Phil Spencer assured employees that they were not getting out of the console hardware market and would continue to make Xboxes moving forward. Xbox strategy continues to employ multiple kinds of devices, he says. Um, yeah. So moving forward, but you know, you've hit the you've hit the nail on the head, Cap, with your kind of working through these things, and and where I kind of got to thinking about this is Xbox Game Pass, and as a whole, Xbox games have been releasing on multiple platforms for quite a while. Um, the old Fable game is available on PC, and you've seen a lot of a lot of stuff slowly making its way into into different sources of media. Uh, Xbox Game Pass having it on your PC for quite a while now, as well as the Xbox. And to me, going multi-platform and being able to, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they rename it Cap to something like Microsoft Pass or something else. Um, yeah. But be able to use that on your PlayStation, being able to use it on Steam Deck or wherever else, I don't know, wherever else. PC, yeah, I mean, TVs. realistically at this stage, Grizz, like clearly they don't give a shit right, about where you play these games because ultimately there's one thing in their mind that is most important and that's how much money they're making off of this. Regardless of whether you like to think about that or not, they're a business they're going to want to make money off it. Now, the next big thing is we know statistically that mobile gaming makes way more fucking money than what console and PC gaming does. Mm. Xbox are looking to break into those markets. They're working on it. I think part of the reason they bought Activision King Blizzard is is to get a hold of King to kind of break into that market. Yeah. On top of that, they're also enabling us to play Game Pass games through the cloud on our mobile devices. So realistically, why disable the usage of your platform based on what device is playing on it if it means that you can sell more Game Pass passes to people? right? It doesn't make any sense. Just to ensure that you maybe sell more consoles, they've already shown that you're not going to. They're losing that yeah. war, right? Well, that's it's, it. it's, it's lost, you know? Yeah. Like, so and what's the next step? Let's this, open her up. So this change will result in selling even less consoles, right, Cap? Like, Absolutely. There's, there's no possible way that it, that it doesn't. But yeah. 
um, they're going to be making way more from. Do you think? Okay, here's the, here's the next question that I have for you: Are they going to be relying on this subscription service, or will they have standalone Microsoft Xbox games available as a once-off purchase on other platforms Look, as well? I, I, or are they just going to go it, all in on this on this on their uh, Game Pass? Is that what they're? I mean, realistically, we don't have the numbers of what it looks like for games being sold through Game Pass and games being sold through console and what the conversion rate of development time to, you know, money made on the other side looks like, right? Mm. But the fact that they're doing this kind of implies, to me at least, that it's probably not as lucrative as it used to be to churn out consoles, okay? And, you know, again, if you're not, if you're only selling half as, you know, your next major kind of competitor, you know, what are you doing it for, right? So, I don't know if they really care. I, I just, I just think that they're ready to, to move on, maybe try and harness a bit more of the mobile market, go hard on the streaming stuff and, and still providing those AAA experiences, but just being, I mean, no one's come close in terms of providing a, like, Netflix-like gaming service no, that's right. as what Game Pass is doing. So yeah, if they go close, all man. in on that, mm. they are winning that war well and truly. Like no one well, can beat them. Let's talk right? about so, popular media uh, and particularly on multiple platforms. And the first game that I think about is Fortnite. And I think part of Fortnite's success is you can literally play it on anything, an iPad, fucking Nintendo Switch, PS5, Xbox, PC. Anything that uh, is is decent enough, you can play that on. And if they're going to go try to open this stuff up, like I think it just opens up a huge amount of revenue stream for them. And you know, it's it's going to be more than what a sale of of, of consoles is. Is really yeah, and the um, the reality of it, right, is that it, it you know like console sales do stagnate from a certain point, and then on top of that, if you're trying to consistently iterate on your console, I imagine that that's probably a significant amount of R and D cost, uh, and then also getting that into a workable, shippable. Uh, you know, product that people can purchase. Um, Again, I I just don't see how, you know, I mean, clearly as a human race, we're moving to a way more digital, uh, less kind of hardware bound, I guess, lifestyle. Are you going to need consoles, Cap? In the future, is, is well, that's what I'm saying. Is like right now, you don't need one. Like you can no. literally go if you have a reasonable internet connection. And look, I'll, I'll preface this with the fact that here in Australia, not everyone has a decent internet connection, and people like to have their, you know, their games in in the physical media. And I totally understand and support that as well. But more and more, we're adopting services where you don't actually truly own the media that you are playing through that service. All the stuff for Netflix, you don't own any of that, right? You know, I feel like we've come from this older kind of mentality, you know, of, oh, I own this on DVD or I own this on that. I think as we kind of, you know, move along and these services kind of, I guess, I'm going to put in quotation marks, mature and, you know, become, I guess, the the vessel that they are now, we're getting less, we're having less and less ownership over the media that we're consuming. Uh, it's owned by someone else and it stays that way. And sometimes they can revoke your ability to watch or, or do that. Yeah, they for, take stuff you know, off it. They, stuff. Take, they take movies yeah, off exactly. it. exactly. I mean, I've had yeah. plenty of Netflix shows that have gone off Netflix be- and I can't watch them anymore. Man. I think you- the same things will be going to end up happening to some of these services, right? Mm. And I think 
I think realistically, all of these game devs, uh, you know, they obviously they want to kind of churn these things out. But I think the the companies that are owning these game devs want to kind of maybe be able to curate and you know have that same approach. So I think you know it's going to be interesting to see where we are in say five years. But I think people and their tie to hardware and physical media is going to be slowly shattered over time. And I think, you know, I I think what Microsoft is doing now probably won't be that big of a thing. I think eventually you're just going to find that most of these developers do that. The change is going to be driven by what's financially lucrative for these companies, Kat. And it seems like Xbox, Microsoft have got a different idea to what PlayStation do. Now, I just want to touch on the comment you made about people being angry about this move. And, of course, just to explain that a little bit more and and my feeling on that is, you know, ever since I was 13, 14, you had an Xbox or you had a PlayStation. You didn't really have both. And there was always that schoolyard argument, which one's better, which one have you got at home? Or I prefer the PlayStation because it plays Blu-rays and I prefer Xbox because it is like a media share system. And there was all these different things throughout time where this happened. Now, at the bottom of the tweet, which Phil uh, tweeted out, which you've already, I believe you've read it out, but essentially Mm -hmm. saying that this business update is coming. There's a guy in there, Rich, and he's commented saying, I've owned an Xbox since day one in 2001, but assuming the news is true, I just don't see the point of owning an Xbox anymore. I might as well get a PS5 and just wait for the Microsoft games. And there is a couple of articles (laughs) saying that people are selling their Xboxes after hearing this news, even ahead of this announcement, Cap. So... Yeah. Look, I think that might be a little bit knee-jerky, in all honesty. Uh, But, I mean, at the same time, maybe they might be getting ahead of the curve before if this is true and if they did actually not not continue to make hardware, uh, maybe they're getting ahead of the curve and getting a reasonable amount of money for their device before it loses its value. Because, realistically, if if, if one of the reasons that Xbox... Well, one of one of the you know potential pros of having an Xbox is diminished, mm-hmm. i.e., having some degree of uh, what do you call it exclusive titles. Which may I just add? I mean, Xbox has basically had fuck all, yeah, good exclusive titles over the last few years. I mean, I'm sure people would be like, "Oh, what about this game?" Okay, sure, but like, not to the level of what. Nintendo and Sony are putting out as their first-party titles. Like Halo Infinite, shit the bed. Um, you know, Starfield, I know everyone's going to yeah. go, oh, it wasn't that bad. But, I mean, look, it was average, right? Like it's just not It's not the same experience over there as it is it's interesting in the Sony and Nintendo PlayStation camp, right? have really been pushing that narrative around we cultivate our first-party releases and we make sure that they're ready to ship and, you know, we give them the time yeah. and, and that's what you get at PlayStation. And Xbox yeah. have gone, well, you can get this great yeah. Xbox Game Pass and play thousands yeah. of games. But this You is can play top games like Redfall, you know. Like it's just <laughs> it's just not the fucking same, you know, versus, oh, I can go to, to PlayStation and I can play God of War, you know. I can go and play, you know, Spider-Man. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that game, but like – it's a solid freaking game, you know. Um, the Last of Us, you know, you can go and play those experiences. You can have them. Like you just can't have that same degree of AAA. Uh, and I, I don't even really like using the word AAA anymore because I feel I don't even think AAA is a badge anymore. I think it's. I think if anything, it's it's probably like uh, it's a. Uh, a, yeah, it's it's a it's a diminishing kind of uh, you know yeah adjective to use for a video game these days. I'd rather be an indie, frankly. But regardless of that. 
it's it's not really what it is anymore. And I think maybe Xbox are seeing that. They are taking note of that. And I think they're more than happy to maybe just shed some of that skin and move on. Um, but I don't know. I don't I don't I think I think based on the reports where, you know, there was apparently a town hall and Phil Spencer said, Don't worry, we're gonna continue making Xboxes. Yeah. Um, now look he said Xbox hardware. He didn't say what kind of Xboxes, Chris. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. do, you, do you seriously reckon they might stop? Well, so I think they'll continue to make consoles. I think, I think they will make devices yeah. that play Xbox games. Yep. Now, when I say play Xbox games, that could be streaming Xbox games. They could be making little dongles that go on the back of your TV or something, and that's all they do. Who knows? I, I just don't see Xbox continuing down this path where it's not really working out for them ultimately. So why don't you put all your eggs in one in, in the baskets that are actually making you money? And that's, you know, probably gonna be the Game Pass basket, right? People people want that. It's it's a reasonable thing. You know, like I've I've gotten shitloads of games for free over the last couple of years through that service and I've had my subscription almost permanently on so i probably made a reasonable amount of money out of me and i'm probably not the only only person right so i don't know i think ultimately grizz i think this is probably a pretty good move for xbox i think it makes a lot of sense for them i guess one positive you can take away as a gamer if you are worried about this that i would imagine they'll be i know this is a shit way to say this but they're probably going to be slimming down right If, if this decision is to focus on game pass focus on um, spreading media across multiple devices, then you're going to see slim down in people working on console tech and stuff like that. But it does mean that more money will be pumped into developing games for Game Pass and other bits and pieces yeah. that go with Game Pass and other ways, other forms of media and things will happen as part of that. So I think there's, yeah. there's probably positives and negatives of this as a gamer. But I would imagine... Look, yeah, I think you're right, dude. I, I think one of the big things for me is... and. As, as a programmer, and that's what I do for my day-to-day job, I think you can see just the fact that the web and, you know, digital communication is unifying in a lot of different areas that you traditionally were quite separate. And I think, I think gaming is becoming one of those other industries where, you know, you, the, the hardware is less important. It's, it's the screen that, that plays it, you know, like it's, it's all fucking abstracted on some server somewhere, you know, in some fucking data center and it's being played on a, you know, a fucking like just a server that has a NVIDIA graphics card being streamed to your monitor. Like it, the way that you stream and play your games and, and how you get that visual feed into your brain doesn't matter anymore, right? Yeah. And for dev developers, that's a lot more powerful because if you can unify as much of that as possible, you can bring your gaming experience to more people, right? So that's a good thing. Yeah. I also think that without having, well, we already know this, but without having a physical component to gaming, it makes it more affordable for people, i.e., subscription Absolutely. service or a dongle that's going to cost you. Yeah. Like, now, you Grizz, know. let me ask you this question. Why is mobile gaming more popular and making more money than console and PC gaming? Well, I'm going to be, in the words of Blizzard, mobile phones. Everyone's got one. Yeah, everyone's got a mobile phone. Mm. And 
that's the thing, right? You know, everyone can go and spend, you know, 50 cents here, five bucks there. I mean, everyone can go and buy an Xbox Game Pass subscription for 15 bucks a month and play a variety of video games for that entire time. Or, I mean, hey, let's think about the economic situation at the moment. If you want to buy a PS5 video game brand new from a AAA developer, it's going to cost you 110 Australian dollars. That's a lot yep. of money. Yep. You want to play two of those a month? That's $220 a month. That is fucking out of control. And how much? And it's only getting worse. Physical console, like just under a grand, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on the console, but yeah, sure, probably right about that. It's not getting any easier, dude. So realistically, if you can provide gamers an opportunity to enjoy reasonable quality video games, I will say that you know that's probably where this fails a little bit because of the model. I think. Yeah. I think developers aren't promoted to really push the boundaries of their video games through subscription services because, you know, they can just get them on there and they get a a good income stream. It's kind of just like a, you know, like a participation certificate rather than actually being rewarded for good development. And I remember that was Uh, a big concern, Cap, when we first started talking about Xbox Game Pass when it was coming out is what will it mean for developers in terms of, quality on video games are they yeah. going to be encouraged to actually spend the time and release something that is that is worthwhile or yeah you know if you're going on a subscription service then where does the quality control kind of come in well this is the thing Grizz, and i think this is like you kind of have slowly seen it with the whole netflix thing is uh, i think as more subscription service surf, uh, services surfaced then you started to see the quality improve because they were battling for people yeah. paying for their subscription service. The problem we've yep. got now is that Microsoft's the only one that's really, you know, monopolizing that at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, look, of course, Sony has their own kind of thing, but it's not quite the same, right? You don't get hundreds of games off of that. Like you, you don't get, I mean, you probably get close to that, but, you know, you're not getting this rotating new stuff coming through. So maybe in the future, if we see more, Maybe some services try to battle it out with Microsoft, which, again, I think is going to be really tough. Um, but maybe we start to see that quality maybe pick up a little bit. Uh, I wonder but, if the Steam will yeah. ever go for something like that, Cap, that takes like a bunch of their back catalogue that sits there and go for a subscription service on stuff that's not really being played. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question, actually, and it would work well with the Steam Deck, right? But I just don't know if Valve's heart is in it, right? I think where I think Valve's pretty happy sticking in their own lane for the most part. Mm. They're not a like they're a big company, but they're not a Microsoft big company, right? They're not looking to push the envelope of how they could potentially make money. I think they're pretty happy with the Steam marketplace and how much money that pulls in. And they have these little projects like the Steam Deck that sometimes they take off, sometimes they don't. You know, think about the the Steam controller or whatever they called it or the Steam Link. Those shat the bed and they just went nowhere. Uh, I think sometimes Valve gets onto things uh, like the Steam Deck and that kind of wins out for them. But who knows? I mean, whether they do try and do a bit of a subscription service thing and whether that actually turns into something good, who knows? I mean, it could. There's, there's it a bit could. of banter in the Twitch chat right now, Cap, that I think is worth us talking about, but it's kind of discussing the evolution of um, video um, streaming services when we had Netflix as a standalone service and then all of a sudden we saw the rise of 
stand and binge and everything else. And I almost feel like, you know, Netflix paved the way to show that streaming video service was a viable product. And once that was established, um, we saw many others come out uh, and, and kind of there was a competition there. No longer a monopoly. But I wonder whether that's something similar once, uh, you know, Microsoft is to go down this route about announcing um, moving to other platforms and, and really pushing this Xbox slash Microsoft Game Pass, whether that will promote other, uh, other kind of gaming streaming services to come out of the woodwork as well. Look, absolutely, potentially. And Airy J kind of noted that, uh, look, uh, Airy J said verbatim, uh, if subscription services are consolidated into a single service, you can be sure that they'll raise uh, sub-prices to be equivalent to buy prices where they can. I would argue that I doubt that they'd raise it that high because at that stage, people just aren't going to fucking buy it. Like, it's just, like in terms of if you did a marketing analysis, people aren't going to spend $110 per month on a subscription service. Someone clip this and send it to me in five years' time and I'll probably be wrong. But anyways, um, look, ultimately, maybe. I'm sure it'll drive prices up if they continue to monopolize and Xbox Game Pass remains the only strong one. But the thing is, as they start to monopolize and make that service cost more and more money, guess what happens? Other services come in and they come in at a lower price and then things kind of reevaluate, right? Like, they're not going to be the only service forever. I think eventually we'll get to a point where it becomes you know, possible for other services to come in. Um, but we're not, mm. we're not, realistically, we're not going to see it for a while. And I think Jim's pointed out another good one is, you know, how many fucking launches do we have now? And that's always been a big issue, right? Everyone just wants everything on Steam, which is hard yeah. because, you know, Steam aren't iterating in that space. Well, <laughs> so, they're happy to know, do the thing. Cool. Um, look, Cap, I guess to wrap this up from my perspective here, I don't have an issue with this. Um, however, that's heavily... Uh, contingent on the fact that if it doesn't take away from the quality of video games that are being developed, which I'm not 100% sure, could go either way, I kind of feel. But as long as that's the case and developers are being paid accordingly, if it goes into full subscription video gaming, I think it could, 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 could kind of go either way. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think ultimately uh, Xbox are just like they're you know they're in a an environment that's incredibly tidal at the moment you know everyone's suffering economically i mean you know most people i know are feeling inflation quite heavily and dramatically and i mean these big organizations uh, you know they they feel it too in their own way i mean obviously not the same way we do but the only reason that we'd be making decisions like this would be because it's not economical for them to go the other way, right? Oh, we've um, seen huge you know, we've tech layoffs across the board. Caps, huge, I'm sure, massive. Sure everyone's feeling right? the pinch at the moment. Exactly right. So, in the act of self-preservation and profit, like of course they're going to make these decisions. I think this probably makes a lot of sense. Is it good for me as a gamer? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know what that looks like. And yeah. it's going to take some time for that really to kind of bubble to the surface and see exactly what that looks like. But I think in the right now, like, yeah, I mean, Xbox need to probably make decisions like these because, you know, it's, it's, it's getting tough out there. What does that mean for things like what the fact that they've just bought out Activision Blizzard King? It mm. probably means that those games are going to be coming to more services for you guys. That's fucking great. You know, what does that mean for Bethesda games? 
they're probably coming out on other consoles as well. That's also really good. The only people are going to be really sad about this are Xbox fan people. (laughs) And look, I I feel you. If if my entire identity was built around uh, my Xbox playing Xbox games, I'd probably not be stoked about it either. But ultimately... In the words of (laughs) 13-year-old Grizzly, Xbox sucks, all right? Yeah, Xbox sucks. Yeah. and uh, (laughs) That is the title of this episode, surely. Sure. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there you go. I guess we'll see what happens uh, this week, uh, Grizz. We'll uh, yeah. keep an eye on it and obviously bring you the news next week when we go live again. But, uh, yeah, keep an eye on our socials and, and I guess just the news because uh, I think whatever the Xbox announces next week is going to be fairly monumentous, maybe mm-hmm. not to the same degree as them buying out Activision Blizzard King, but still in the same realms of, you know, we're seeing something – in gaming changed dramatically. Uh, so, yeah, keep an eye out for it. Now, Chris, speaking of seeing things change dramatically in uh, in gaming, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than this, but Disney has dropped $1.5 billion on a stake in Epic Games. Yeah. So this joins uh, Tencent, huge. Sony, Tim Sweeney, and Kirkby. Are the yep. uh, the hold the uh, what do you call them? shareholders, and now yep. Disney, Disney alongside Tencent cap. How do you feel about that? Pretty crazy, dude. Like uh, what I will say is, once all this kind of goes through the wash, it turns out that Disney will have about a ten percent stake in Epic Games, which I guess is big enough to obviously have some drive over the direction of the company. But um, it's. I don't really know what to think of this, Grizz. Like, well, I think well, Epic Games' biggest kind of commodity is Fortnite, right? And does Disney and Fortnite really mix apart from the Marvel stuff? Like, look, I, this and maybe is, Star this is Wars, my whole I guess. Thing here, Cap. Fortnite for a long time have been discussing how they are not just a video game, but they are like almost like a metaverse. That's how they've seen themselves or this. Yeah, I'd argue they, they, they are. They, that's what yeah. they're doing. Well, things that they've done this year, and I've just got a little um, list of dot points here, but they've upgraded their engine. They've done huge things with their custom games. Um, they've this kind of like live concert thing, Cap. They've had Ariana Grande, Travis Scott, Marshmello, Eminem, and a bunch of others that have done physical concerts inside the game somewhere in Fortnite that you can yeah. go and watch. and. Yeah, you know, I would almost argue that they have taken gaming to another level. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but you can play Fortnite pretty much on any medium possible, phones, yep. iPads, you know, everything. They've done a pretty Console, good job. Yeah. Stream so, it. So what does this look like for, for Disney integration, Cap? They've kind of said that um, collaborating on something entirely new to build a persistent, open, and interpretable ecosystem that will bring together the Disney and Fortnite communities. So to you, what does that sound like? Is it like a live service? Honestly, who fucking knows, man? Like they've kind of got bits and pieces of this existing in Fortnite now, right? Like they've got the whole Fortnite builder kind of mode where you can go and build experiences. So maybe they give you a shitload of ways to build Star Wars shit out of all that. You know, they mm-hmm. give you the ways to build your own Marvel encounters and you can go and 
you know, chuck the Hulk in the middle of freaking Tatooine. I don't fucking know. That's the thing is like when you when you start thinking about what they actually want to achieve here, <laughs> I, I hope that they have a direction because like you look at what Meta, i.e. Facebook, try to do with the whole metaverse thing. It's, you know, they have this kind of big wishy-washy idea and this is how they want to go about it, but they just can't execute on it properly and actually produce something that people want to do with it, right? Mm. For this, it kind of makes me go, okay, well, what is your end game? Like, what, where, where are you trying to take this exactly? And are you trying to just give us like some kind of build it yourself bear kind of I situation reckon, or is it something good? Here's my take on this, dude. I reckon Fortnite have done a pretty good job at staying relevant in gaming. And I feel yeah. like, like credit to them, you know, they've done so many different collaborations with popular media over the last how many years that they've managed to stay, you know, really. When I think about, I'm going to talk about and how's your gaming going, but you, you think about a game that has influenced the younger audience. You think Minecraft, you think Roblox, but you think Fortnite, you know, kids at school doing the floss and everything else. Like it really has managed to keep up with that, that, that kind of meta that popularity. So I, I have no doubt that they've got plans to integrate Disney into this game somehow in a meaningful way. Whether that is introducing characters in the Battle Royale to play as or whether there's something like you say, give asset packs for people to make custom games with or something else or whether it's a whole yeah. another, they, maybe they've got another project that, that's kind of in the works. Well, that's well, the thing, Grizz, because like, like they've done Star Wars stuff already before this was even a, a, a venture that was announced. Uh, they've done, I think, Marvel stuff in Fortnite as well, like the actual Battle Royale stuff. So, yeah, like, that's that kind happens. of been done. It's like that's what my, my thought process is like, okay, so you've done the Battle Royale thing. What can you do outside of that to, you know, like what, what was the sea of Disney saying? Like uh, to create a create a new universe. Like yeah. to me, that uh, sounds like something that exists outside of Fortnite itself. To build a the Battle Royale open and interpretable ecosystem that will bring together Disney and Fortnite communities. Is yeah. this it sounds to me like a new a new um um a new kind of game or game mode or something like a live service it, game. I, don't know. I mean it will it very well could be. I think the issue is like in terms of I guess the whole idea of games as a service and what what works and what doesn't work and what what kind of stagnates over time? Like, I think a lot of people will probably point to games like Fortnite, but even games like Destiny and stuff like that. And a lot of the times you find that, you know, these games as a service, they, they lose their appeal over time. I mean, Fortnite's obviously a very different kettle of fish, and um, you're right, they have done really well. But how do you maintain that momentum? And it, it's so hard to to harness and, you know, every, I feel like every major developer or company is trying to harness that idea of how do we continue to provide a platform where we're giving people incentive to continue to play our game over and over again well, and how do, we, how, do, how do we do that? And it's, it's I don't know. I just don't know the, what they the thing, do. Cap, there's a few things that work in Fortnite's favour, one of them being the game is free. Second one being, yeah. it's available on everything. The third yep. thing being that they are constantly changing it up, and I think they've probably got a fair bit of um, sway to just kind of move with whatever is working at the time. And I'm going to reference here now. Have you seen or played the Lego mode in Fortnite, which is an official release? It's not a custom game. It's As like in a, the Lego, 
the there is a Lego Fortnite game. That you I didn't can even play. know there was one. There's a Lego <laughs> Fortnite game yeah. you can play, and it is a survival crafting game, and it is extremely fleshed out. Really? You go harvesting materials, and you build bases, and you build workbenches, and it's co-op. That is wild. You play with your friends, and it is a, a Fortnite official. I played it at the LAN with the with the family. Um, couple of months ago with Mikey and, and all the kids and it was it was great. It's actually really well done. But what I'm getting at here is I feel like with the things that Fortnite has going for it, it being free um, uh, and successful in terms of making money through cosmetics and other bits and pieces, so there's no real pressure on the dev team that I'm aware of, uh, I think it gives them a bit of freedom to kind of move with whatever's happening at the time and uh, and create stuff that's good. So maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll see multiple different Disney kind of official Fortnite releases that see how they go. Yeah, it's interesting, Grizz, because, I mean, I actually think that Disney's done pretty well recently with that Dreamlight Valley thing that they had, which was the kind of, uh, I guess, Animal Crossing kind of-esque thing. You build your own character, then you go fucking cook food with the rat at a ratatouille or something and you go and, um, you know, yeah, nice. garden with bloody fucking Wally or some shit. I don't, I don't know what exactly what you do there. But regardless, I feel like that is kind of what I would perceive to be what Disney maybe wants as a game as a service. But, I mean, it's kind of already been done. So, yeah, it's just it's really hard for me to be able to weigh in on what we might be seeing soon from this because I just don't know what they could produce now that they haven't already tried or other companies have tried to do and it's not gone too well. Like what was that Marvel live service game that came out recently that they just disconnected like, you know, I can't remember what it was called. Someone in chat might be able to. Yeah, it was that um, online, online Marvel game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Avengers, yeah. that's the one, Jim. Yeah, I mean, that's that's also a Disney property now. You know, Marvel's owned by Disney. Yeah. And that just shit the bed. So it's like, now, I don't know. I'm just, I just struggle to wrap my head around the whole, like, universe, you know, thing Cap, and, and game as a service. Have we thought about this going the other way? So <clears throat> Disney owned 10% of Fortnite now. Does that yep. then allow Disney to create... A Fortnite movie or Fortnite Maybe. media, other bits and pieces. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, Fancy Badger in chat sort of mentioning that, hey, maybe this ends up as like a Fortnite world at Disney World or some shit. Mm. Maybe. I mean, that, that could very well be. I, I, feel, I do feel like when, when you buy a stake in a digital company, you're probably doing that to for digital purposes i think maybe you probably will see some more physical kind of Fortnite stuff but yeah it's also you got to remember as well the whole sort of thing behind Fortnite is shooting and killing people <laughs> so Cap, it's eliminating right it's not killing okay it's, it's eliminating sure sure okay <laughs> let me retract that eliminating people <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's an interesting purchase because I just couldn't, you know, I feel like Nintendo's in a similar kind of position where they've always been very coy about the utilization of violence and especially gun violence. Certain, you know, games obviously kind of, you know, are a little bit different, you know, and uh, there are exceptions to that rule. But, Star Wars you know, even the whole Power World thing. Surely. What's that? Sorry. Star Wars is pretty violent, some of them. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it depends on what. IPs it is and, you know, but I think the whole Mario, uh, um, Mickey and, and you know, the the cartoony kind of style things and the, the more children-inspired <laughs> things. Mickey you know, Mouse running around with a fucking SMG just like, yeah. You know. 
not going to happen. Imagine fucking going and finalizing <laughs> Nemo. Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, Grizz, it's an incredibly interesting purchase on Disney's side. And seeing what they do with this 10% stake and, and that new relationship between the two companies, I think is going to be incredibly interesting. I mean, you know, Epic Games has been making some significant kind of waves in the legal sector as well in terms of kind of cracking open the, you know, digital marketplaces of Google and, and uh, Apple or trying to. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So who knows, Grizz? We'll find out. You shall find what, out. One thing we don't need to wait to find out about, Grizz, the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth state of play that mm. PlayStation put out last week. And boy, was it sexy. Would very, be. very nice. Was it, was it sexy, Cap? Does it get you excited? Oh, yeah. Look, I didn't, I actually refused to watch the entire thing. I kind of like, kind of flicked through a, uh, a bit of the, the, the video, but it's it's like a uh, how long is the video? It's it's almost twenty minutes of you know a bit of developer um, perspective talking about the systems that they've introduced and what they're trying to do here. Going through some of the new characters, well, you know, new and old characters, but yeah, just basically where the game's going. They take a real big deep dive. You see some of the new areas where the game's going to be taking place, and uh, yeah, they took a real big deep dive. On it. I mean, this game comes out on the 29th of Feb, which is the yep. – that's a freaking leap year, baby. That's my wedding anniversary. Is uh, it? So. Ooh, no Final Fantasy VII for you that night, Cap. No, probably going to be uh, the Friday after, I'd say. Uh, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, basically they, they've released this, this, this video, uh, this YouTube kind of 20-minute Bad boy uh, state of play a week after their last state of play, may I add. So they obviously decided that this was uh, important enough to get its own, and I definitely agree that it was. Now, uh, Grizz, what I will just quickly say before we dive mm-hmm. into exactly what was shown was the very final thing that they announced once this was all you know done and over was that they were releasing a demo of the game before yes. this all comes out. Yep. Now... They, what they've done is they've actually split the demo into two parts. There is a chapter of the game that you can play right now that involves Cloud and Sephiroth doing a mission that takes place in the original game, uh, or does it? Uh, little sneaky, fun, little <laughs> hilarious, uh, uh, cheeky moment there. But uh, anyways, uh, you can basically play that in Final Fantasy VII Remake form. And do you need, to pay, do you need to pay for this, Cap? Do you need to like, pre-order the it, game? Or the demo is what? completely free. demo is completely free. Do you need to own, own a PlayStation, uh, though, obviously? You do need to own a PlayStation. So you don't be able to play this on PlayStation Game Pass or anything like that. It doesn't exist. So you'll have to fork up the money. Uh, but they're going to be doing that. Uh, and then I think a week before the 29th or the release, they're also going to be allowing you to play a small segment of the open world area in uh, in in Final Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So, um, look, let's kind of dive in. I guess the first thing, Grizz, is that uh, you know, the, and we knew this already, but I think it's worth kind of just re mentioning is just the fact that this game is going to be. 
completely open world, which is, um, well, not completely. There's probably going to be linear segments, and I played one of them. Uh, but for the most part, there's going to be big open world segments that you can go on kind of, you know, persist in. Uh, and I kind of, when, when we first heard that the remake was coming out, you know, a few years ago or whatever, uh, and it subsequently came out, people were kind of, you know, theorizing, postulating on what they thought the structure of the next couple of games after because we knew it was going to be a trilogy, how those games going to look. I thought they might split the game down uh, the eastern and western kind of sides of the continents. But Grizzly Gaming 86, I am very happy to announce that you'll be playing both continents in this game. I remember you were really worried, Cap, about how they were going to deal with the opening up of the game. And you were worried that yep. they were going to take away that exploration feel that Seven gave you when, when, it, when it did that. <clears throat> but it seems like they've just given it all to you, Cap. Are you, uh, it seems pretty good. Now, because there yes. is quite a, a large open world, we see uh, a few different traversal mechanics, Cap, to get around the large map. We see yep. chocobos, mate. We see the chocobos. Chocobos, they're back. We see some yep. buggies and some little wheelies as well and some other yep. rideable, rideable pets and things too, looks like. Yep, some of the classic vehicles that you would have sort of driven up you know, sort of seen in the first game, you're going to get a chance, an opportunity to, to you know, commandeer and drive uh, in this game. But you're going to be going through all kinds of different environments, uh, you know, as per the first game, uh, the original, uh, you know, you're going to be sort of entering into the grasslands first after the sort of main first chapters of the game and the game opens up. You're going to be going to Junon, uh, which, uh, you know, classic is where you did the kind of like live to air uh, soldier routine in the first game. We've also got the Corel region where you will then inevitably go and see the Golden Saucer and play a shitload of mini games, which they also spoke about. Awesome. Uh, also, be go- going to be going to Cosmo Canyon and uh, the Nibble region as well, which is where the game will probably kind of get close to wrapping up potentially. So, um, well, actually, it might be well after that. Meridian Ocean, which I think might be where. Uh, the sad shit happened in the first game where, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Aerith died, uh, but will she die this time? Who knows? We don't know yet. But, yeah, there's a lot of different areas where uh, we're going to be finding uh, finding ourselves in and it looks really cool. So they also kind of went through Grizz. Uh, there's these things. There's a few new mechanics in the game. There's, well, the, firstly, mini games, which aren't a new mechanic. Mini games were in the original game, but mm-hmm. you're going to get access to the mini games in this game and they look wicked. Uh, I've only seen kind of a couple, but uh, they look really game, cool. Cap. There's a really cool looking card game Queen's and it kind of has, blood. Kind of has maybe Gwent vibes, Chris. Yeah. Yep. Um, Gwent-ish anyway. So that looks really cool. Uh, so the mini games look really well fleshed out. I actually, in the demo, one of the mini games is like a Guitar Hero-like piano thing where you use the like the joysticks on the controller to pl- like tilt in different directions to play musical notes. 
and it was awesome, really well put together. So I'm yeah. looking forward to fucking around with that. But that's just one example of some of the things you're going to be able to do. All the all the main mini games from the Golden Saucer will be available in this game, as far as I could tell. So there was quite a cool. lot there, wasn't there? The old God. Oh, there's there. shitloads, yeah, dude. There is heaps. So yeah, dude, did really Seven cool. have a card game? Was it Seven that had a card game in it? I don't know if it did. Not that I can remember. I actually, well, I mean, nine definitely had a card game. I don't know if eight did because I didn't play much off of eight. Mm. Uh, but nine definitely had a card game. Uh, so yeah, um, it won't be the first card game in a Final Fantasy game, no. obviously. But you it know, it's cool. One. I think it might have been eight that had a really good one, fleshed out card game in it. Maybe it was eight. Um, can't quite, yeah, and I know ten did as well. Oh, maybe oh, I can't quite remember. Anyways, good mini games. There's also this new mechanic called odd jobs, Grizz, which is kind of like just side quests. So you know that that'll flesh out the lore and whatnot of the of the the region and and the game at large. And you've also got world intel, which kind of looks to me like your classic open world going you know, find a vantage point and open up the map, and you basically use that to help. Uh, a character called Chadley, who in the first game was someone that would give you new material once you met certain uh, requirements. So kind of carrying that on. Uh, now, they also mentioned the performance and graphics mode of the game, Grizz. So it looks like we're going to be getting both, obviously. Now, the graphics mode will run the game at 30 FPS in 4K resolution. If you want to play it in performance mode, uh, you will be getting a f- pretty solid 60 FPS, um, which, I mean, don't know about you guys, but I'm probably going to be going for the 60 FPS personally. Absolutely, so, right. So, yeah, so there's that as well. Um, they also detailed uh, the fact that you've now got these player bond things. Now, it's literally just it kind of, I guess it's almost like Persona, like you get the opportunity to, you know, go and have a date with one of your mates or, you know, go eat some food and you kind of learn more about them. And as you do, that kind of relationship levels up and that enables you to do more things like maybe your, their personas get stronger or whatever. Same kind of thing happening here in Final Fantasy where it extends to synergy abilities. Now, Synergy abilities are basically like multiple character attacks in in mm. combat, and they look fucking cool. So, so you got to get the relationships totally worth up it. to get the synergy abilities, right? Got to get your synergy abilities with your bonds, mate. So it's going to be important. I like that. Um, Seems cool, but that looks really cool. So. Um, yeah, and apart from that, obviously, we've got the demo coming out as well. So I think that kind of covers the majority of stuff. So, yeah, just basically a shitload of mini games scattered throughout the world. There's a shitload of different regions. Um, you can now obviously kind of, you know, deepen your relationship with the with the characters and, and yeah, you can battle with them and, and the new characters look sick. Um, now, Cap, are you going to play the demo, mate? Plans to I've play the played demo? the demo. You played the demo? I've played the demo. So um, maybe before we dive into that, I just want to take a quick moment because we maybe we'll just have have our um, how's your gaming going, Chris? You know, we'll okay. dive that in shortly. Why don't we start we'll with you, Cap? Start with you. 
Well, with yes, well, before we do, I just want to quickly mm. touch on the fact that around all this uh, yeah. and, you know, Final Fantasy VII um, getting its state of play, Square Enix has, there's been reports that have come out saying that they are looking to dramatically overhaul the way that they develop video games. Uh, now, we kind of got the, uh, I guess, the the vibe recently from some interviews that they're looking to basically swing the company between either creating kind of like, and I'm going to put in inverted commas, indie games, uh, so, you know, small kind of games on with small development teams mm. or big AAA titles like Remake, like Final Fantasy 16, et cetera. They're going to be doing less of the kind of like Octopath Travelers, those kind of mid-tier games, I guess, in terms of size and, and um, you know, development density. So now the next thing that sort of has come out recently is that mm. they're also looking to do a bit of overhauling in the way that they outsource uh, their development to the point where they're looking to basically do everything internally where possible. So this is quite a big deviation for a company the size of Square Enix because from what I understand, they actually have kind of outsourced a lot, a fair bit of their development to other studios. So yeah. it looks like they're going to be kind of changing up their approach. And Grizz, again, going back to the whole, you know, I guess, economic situation, I think we're going to see more and more companies making decisions well, like Xbox, so like Square, Square Enix. Square Enix in 2023, their sales were essentially flat. Um, yeah. And it sounds like from the digital entertainment business, they were actually down nearly 5%. So I feel like they're having to do this to try to pump it re- up a little bit. Pump it up a little bit and get it cranking. Yeah. Yeah, spend less money outside of the studio and get more yeah. money inside of it and work on things that they know are going to, you know, I think you're going to see more remakes, honestly. I think you're probably going to see like in, in the next, uh, you know, probably five years, you'll probably see one of the, you know, Final Fantasy 8, 9 or 10 getting a remake. Who knows which one it'll be. Uh, but I, I think that's probably going to be their approach moving forward because Final Fantasy VII Remake so far has, has you know, been received incredibly well. But, um, but yeah, just an interesting one to sort of cover before we do dive into our how's a gamer going because, uh, yeah, things are definitely changing across developers and Square Enix is no different, my friend. But, yeah, yeah. all right, Chris, now I want to know how my how's your gaming going. I'm about to tell you. Uh, Really good, thank you for asking. I had recently lent my PS5 to a friend who just had a baby and yep. I wasn't playing it. So I was like, mate, here you go. Here's a bunch of games. And um, hit him up the other day. I was like, you still using that PlayStation, bro? Like, you know? And he was like, no, nah, I haven't really been able to play it because, you know, I've got a baby and shit. And I was like, yeah, tell me about it. I probably shouldn't have really given it to you because you, you never would have had time anyway. So um, anyways, got my PlayStation back and downloaded the demo. So. Just to preface this, in the original game, there is yep. a kind of moment when uh, the party leaves Midgar after they've uh, kind of been embroiled in another kind of terrorist attack, kind of blowing up uh, part of Midgar and uh, whatnot. And they're leaving Midgar to get out. And then Cloud talks about his past with Sephiroth uh, and I guess what his relationship was with, with him. And talks about this mission that happened a while back, which kind of sets the scene as to why Sephiroth 
is a bad guy. Basically, Sephiroth figured out that, oh, you know, I actually seem to be some kind of fucking genetic mistake experiment thing and uh, now I'm angry at the world and I want to... uh, uh, I want to turn the world into a steaming pile of shit like the uh, our ancient ancestors <laughs> did. And mm-hmm. so that's basically what you find out in this particular flashback. Now, this little chapter that you get is that little flashback moment. You follow around uh, Cloud, uh, Sephiroth as Cloud and you're going to Nibble Lime and you're trying to find out what's going on with this reactor that's nearby that's been seemingly producing all kinds of weird and wonderful monsters and finding out what the deal is. And that essentially is the you know origin story as to, of Sephiroth and why he's a bad guy. So that's what you get to play in this demo and uh, it's cool. really fucking good. Yeah. It's okay. really fucking good. Uh, yeah, I feel like... Graphics nice, the, Cap feels good. Yeah, dude. It's it's just a really well put together um, little package, I guess. And it got me... It, like, it got me insanely excited for the game. I feel like the combat's really come together nicely where it gives you a lot of opportunity to, you know, kind of use as a stagger bar and you Mm. kind of have ways of kind of moving enemies into stagger quicker um, if you use certain attacks or uh, bits and pieces. And, you know, your character's all have slightly different abilities. Cloud can go into like this Punisher mode where he does, puts everything into offense. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of can use can, can kind of use that to make uh, um, you know your ATB gorge go up quicker, etc. Sephiroth um, has this thing where he goes into like a parry stance, and he can instantaneously parry shit if he times things properly. But then you've also got the whole block and parry system, and that can up the stagger. So it just feels really well knitted together with you weaving in, I guess, trying to. Uh, block attacks at certain times to nullify damage, but also up stagger amounts, and and then also mixing in, uh, you know, weaknesses of enemies to stagger them quickly. Use particular, you know, abilities like your fire Aga and shit like that, uh, and plus the whole materia system as well with, you know, okay, this materia gives me the fire ability so I can put that here and this particular little slot is linked to another slot. So if I put a materia into that slot that ups the level of that particular materia, um, it links it and then I can do a next level up spell of that particular yeah, type. So cool. yeah. there's a lot of customization in there. Mm, I like that. It just feels really fucking good, man. And I was Dang. like the combat was awesome, like really, really fun. And, yeah, I just think they've learned a lot already. I think the, you know, Final Fantasy VII remake, there's, 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 it's not deviated too far from it, but I just felt like the combat was more rewarding. How many um, way that you do how, how many hours are these discrete games, mate? The parts, like, how many hours do you think this one will be? Ooh. Um, it's a good question. I can't remember how, how much I played in the first one. I reckon it would have been would have had to have been at least fifty to sixty hours. I'd say not quite Elden Ring hours, but um, you mm. know, still a reasonable Fuck, that's amount. That's a lot, of- dude. That's pretty good. I'd imagine this yeah. one's going to be more now they're giving you open world and having a bit of an open world section. Yeah, yeah. Mini I would have thought so. Like yeah. That. 
And it seems like they're covering a fair bit of ground in the narrative and story. So I can see this one being fairly large. So, I mean, time will tell, Grizz. We don't know for sure yet until the game comes out. But I'd say, uh, yeah, we're looking at a significant amount. So, yeah, look, um, the Final Fantasy Rebirth demo was it's, – it's amazing. Definitely worth a crack if you're kind of looking to just kind of get a feel for what you're in for when that game comes out. Yep. Uh, I think for me – a lot of that standout has been so far just the slight ways that the story's changing to kind of weird things up a little bit and you're like, oh, that's not quite how that went down. And then it's like, okay, what kind of effects that going to have on the story and stuff? Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, kind of going back to this whole idea of, you know, like the games kind of moving on diverging from the original storyline. Uh, you know, we know that uh, Zach Flair in the original game, uh, he was a soldier uh, similar to Sephiroth and uh, he died protecting Cloud apparently. Uh, mm. And in this game, he survived. So what that means for the story is going to be really interesting. Mm. Um, another interesting thing is, um, you know, there's a lot of romance kind of, you know, just I guess like um, sexual tension, you know, with Cloud and Aerith and, and, and all the rest now, of them. Mate, so, you know. Well, this is the thing, right, because Zach was um, apparently Aerith's ex-boyfriend. So now what the fuck is that going to mean, Grizz? It's going to be like a real fucking high school fucking musical moment. So there's all kinds of shit going on. So mm. I don't know what it's going to mean for the storyline, but I'm all for it. I'm ready for it. And yeah. the combat yeah. was out of control. Playing as Sephiroth was so sick. Pretty it was good. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it was just insanely good. Um, and, you know, when you're getting into combat with bosses and stuff, like some of your characters get grappled and then you've got to change to a different character to try and kind of ungrapple them and help them out. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it just knitted and weaved really well together. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, dude, it was really nice. good. I'm very, very excited. So, well, a yeah. couple of weeks, Cap, and you'll be able to play the full full thing. Indeed. The go. next thing for me is to basically do a deep dive on the lore on YouTube just to wrap my head around what was and wasn't happening and reacquainting myself with the original game. I'll probably watch a couple of, you know, this is what happened in Remake. Look, mate, um, so, yeah. I don't mean to put you under pressure here, Cap, but you've got to finish this game before the Elden Ring DLC drops, mate. Okay? Yeah. So hopefully the, it doesn't drop on, on Valentine's Day because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how <laughs> life is going to look after that mm-hmm. point. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, the demo is great. Give it a download. Uh, and they've got the open world segment coming out on, mm. I think it's like the 22nd. Uh, are you going to touch mistaken. that or are you going to wait for Ish. the full release? Um, I'll probably just wait, I think. Yeah. you got a week after that point, mate, yeah. after the 21st. Only yeah. a week and, you know, it's only a podcast that I co-run. Uh, so, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Fuck it. We'll just we'll do it. We'll play it when it's out. But, mate, tell me about your game. I'm really excited. Well, I'm bringing this podcast back to its roots first, Cap. But I've been playing Elden Ring, quite a lot of Elden Ring. Yeah, baby. In prep for the the DLC, mate. Just wanted to like – well, there's a few things, right? Because at the moment I'm playing on my PC and I wanted to get a character at least somewhere up near the end just in case the DLC is a kind of end game change so that I'm ready to go straight into the DLC should it drop. 
But also, Cap, I kind of want to be Elden Ring prepared for when that game drops so that I'm feeling yep. like I can play the game. I've de-rusted a bit and everything else. But Ready for the ring. I am hooked on it right now. I'm really, really enjoying really? it. Yeah, yeah. It's actually been really enjoyable. I'm playing a Dexterity Arcane Bleed build. Oh, okay. So I'm using. I was using a uh, weapon from one of the, um, the the horsemen that come out at night. There was a flail. Oh yeah, a deck yep. a dex um, flail that has a bleed built up on it. So the way the arcane works is it it increases your bleed build up, but it also increases the damage that your bleed deals. So um, you don't even need a weapon to have arcane scaling on it for it to do that as long as it has a bleed effect. Oh, shit. Okay. Which is pretty cool. But I have just found a dagger, which you may have come across, Cap. It is called a... I can't remember, but it shoots projectiles as well. You can shoot these uh, bleeding projectiles at people with it. Right. Okay. And it, Interesting. it automatically causes the target to bleed if you hit him with a projectile. Anyway, it's super cool. I'm really enjoying playing it again and I'm looking forward to the DLC. Uh, I'm probably going to try to, I don't know, at least kind of get up towards the end game and then I might just leave that character there and and just wait for the DLC to come. But, Kat, I have you? All right. So this is interesting, right? So my kids have been playing Roblox for a good two or three years now and I kind of like feel like for our generation it was uh, uh, Minecraft was that game for young kids to play and pick up young teenage kids, I feel like that's kind of, that's still there, but I feel like Roblox is bigger now. I decided that I would, they've been asking me for fucking ages, can I join them and play Roblox with them? So I downloaded it on my PC. I had Lily, Joyce, and Ada all in my stream room in here in bean bags, and I said, right, I'm picking the game because the way Roblox works is it's like mini game central. There's all these different games you can play. Right. And so I looked up a few different ones and decided that I was going to play this game called Adopt Me with them. And I was kind of, the whole idea of the game is you start the game with an egg and you hatch the egg and it's either a cat or a dog. And then you have to look after your pet. Whenever you look after it, you might need to feed it, water it, put it to sleep, wash it. You get given money for doing that. And then with the money, you can buy other eggs. And the eggs have a chance to hatch commons, rares, uncommons, legendaries, ultra legendaries, <laughs> all these different percentages. So I actually found myself, you get quite, get quite hooked on it because so, you want to get the rare pets, but also there's this other mechanic where if you combine four of the same type together, you can turn it into like a, like a, a glow-in-the-dark one, basically. I can't remember what the word for right. it is, but like a super fucking rare one. So it kind of what you, what, the whole idea of the game is that you – Collect these pets, but then you trade with players in the game to get more of the pets. Anyway, the game that I thought was like super fucking easy and it was going to be shit and and kind of for babies. It is kind of for babies, but I was like getting right into it. So I had I I managed to trade and get four of the same pets, but then you, to to combine them, they all need to be adults. So I traded them all to the girls, and I was like, "You guys level up one each, and then we'll come back in like an hour and we'll combine them all together to make the." The, the combined the special one. one. Yeah, it was cool, and we did it. And it was like we, we, it was yeah. Anyway, it was look. That's I cool. Will, I will say, dude, Roblox is is pretty amazing for what it is. Like you can pretty much play any of the games we play. For example, pick a game cap, a MOBA. I'm sure there's a MOBA on there. There's like games that are like um, Fortnite on there. There's there's like they pretty much just 
take what's popular and just bang them into this free-to-play game. And Far yeah. out. Okay. Wow. It's, it's, it's kind of impressive, isn't it? Because other people just build that shit, don't they? It's impressive, dude. So, yeah, yeah. creators kind of like mod it and build it and then they get – if someone spends Robux in there, they get a cut of that percentage right. that's spent. Yeah, with you. Yeah. Far out. Oh, man, it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, I'm glad that you you got stuck into it with the girls, mate. That's awesome. Dude, I'm finding that they're at the age where you can do that kind of stuff. And, and mm-hmm. all of us, all you know, all three of my kids and myself. And, you know, it wasn't always like that. There was always Ada was always kind of lagged behind a bit. And she still is a little bit like she kind of didn't know what we were doing. She was just like running around, putting on different outfits and showing me her hair that she's got and like check out this cool dress that I'm wearing. Because that's what Ro- 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 yeah. Roblox is kind of like that. You wear all different outfits and you spend like the in-game currency to buy like a new set of hair and stuff. And she's yeah. just like, oh, "It's so yeah. funny." <laughs> it's, it is funny, dude. It is funny. But it, it definitely she'll get it time there, right? You know, like oh, you should get it, mate. She'll get it eventually. But it it is nice to be able to game with the uh, the younger Grizzlies for sure. Loving that. The Cubs. Oh, mate, absolutely super rad, mate. Love it. Love it big time. That's cool, me, man. Mate. Gaming. Wow. I've been gaming. Mate. It's been it's been nice. You've to been have... doing a significant amount of gaming, and I'm all for it, mate. That's freaking wicked. Yeah, gorgeous. All right, mate. Well, let's freaking dive into our final cheeky little part of the rapid fire news. The podcast, my friend. By. Let's do it. It's in the freaking game, Grizzly. Power World server costs are insane. The developers are paying currently roughly $378,000 a month to keep them on. It's a lot of money, Grizz. Why? How? But also, that's just how much is that just how much service cost? Holy shit, dude. That's a lot. Yeah, well, I suppose when you're that popular, yeah, it's kind of just like... I wonder whether they'll, they'll push that onto the player for like... You know how... What was that game where you had to buy your own server cap to play with your mates? Valheim? Uh, oh, Valheim needed it, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was, well, yeah, Valheim. It's been a few. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but, yeah, I mean, realistically, servers just cost a shitload of money. Cap, uh, let's go buy a real shitty house in Mount Barker and make a server. Yeah, all right, deal. Let's go. Done. I honestly right, reckon we'll something like that would this. probably fucking work. Um, Cap. Hogwarts Legacy has officially uh, Hogwarts Legacy has officially Tears of the Kingdom as 2023's best-selling <laughs> video game has beaten uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Is yeah. that what has actually happened? Holy shit! Has indeed, mate. Yeah, it's um, it's pumped. It's gone off. It's done. So, it. Yeah, quite it's done assassin. It, which is pretty impressive. Mm. Yeah, big time. All right, Grizz, Laura Bailey, who voices Abby in uh, The Last of Us 2, has confirmed what we always knew, Grizz. Gamers can be real fucking assholes, basically. Yeah. Uh, turns out that uh, gamers uh, threatened her son just because they are just – people just have to be fucking horrible sometimes. So, yeah, maybe just don't well, do Laura that. Laura Bailey is also – Fantastic voice actor that is in Critical Role Cap. That's done all the D and D. That's right. Yeah, role stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's and she is such a lovely person as well. She's just like they just just can't help themselves. They just fucking they're just you know they just just can't be normal. You know sometimes. So yeah, real shame. Ubisoft CEO defends Skull and Bones seventy dollar price despite its live service leanings. 
called it a quadruple A, even more than a triple A cap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that sounds like a dying ship and the captain of said ship trying to reassure all of the crew members that everything's all good. We're not sounds taking like, on a shitload um, of water. Sounds like Diablo 4 to me, Cap. It's like let's bang yeah. a massive price tag on this. Promise yeah, to give squeeze you squeeze uh, it for as much as we possibly can and get yep. it out. Promise to give you a live service game for that one off fee and then just fucking pump it full of like microtransactions and other shitty things. I think I think you're probably onto something there, Grizzly. But yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Now, Grizz, uh, video game studios are continuing to crumble as uh, Embracer Group cancels the latest Deus Ex game that was in development. Oh, looks damn. like. Yeah, it looks like the game is now cancelled. Uh, Elias Tufex, I don't know how you pronounce the name, uh, is a, I think, voice actor and producer on video games. Uh, they announced that, uh, yeah, the, the most recent iteration had been cancelled uh, and that, uh, yeah, basically a third game that they were uh, working on probably, again, within that Embracer group has since been uh, kind of reworked uh, from scratch with a whole new team. So, yeah, things are just fucking weird at the moment, dude. Mental. Big time weird. Yeah. So, this gets yeah. me pretty excited, Cap. Um, some Subnautica 2 news, but Subnautica draws uh, a keynote investor described Subnautica 2 as a game of a service. Uh, devs quickly take to social media to elaborate. No battle passes, just continued updates and patches well into the future. And it also appears to be uh, four-player co-op as well, Cap, out of the box. Yeah, which is different because the original Subnautica didn't have cooperative play. None. I don't know None. if you can play. I think below zero you might be able to do co-op from memory. There was a mod you remember. could, Cap, but they were always a bit shit. And yeah. Pretty buggy and yeah. stuff. So. So I think the issue here was basically Subnautica kind of maybe worded it in that way to try and win some more investment but then the issue is that gamers are incredibly nosy and Mm -hmm. very good at doing research and so they found the wording and they were like oh no 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 don't you dare uh so yeah that was kicked up a stink and here we are talking about it anyways grizz uh jason schreier who is a writer for i think kotaku uh but often Jason comes out with the goods for leaks and all kinds of bits and pieces. Uh, They're writing a book on the rise and fall of Blizzard, uh, which is releasing in October. Uh, I'm actually pretty keen to read that because I think it's going to be a real good read and probably fairly eye-opening. You know what? That was the title of one of our episodes, I believe, The Rise and Fall of Blizzard or something very similar to that. All right. Looks like we are suing Jason Schreier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> OGR, we'd add that at the end of the rapid fire, mate. We'll um, yeah. do the paperwork while we wait. Um, Konami is potentially porting the Silent Hill series to current gen consoles, Cap. Um, yeah. Are they going to look shit still or what? Well, I think they're going to, well, by the sounds of things, this is going to be like the original games ported. So, okay. I mean, because we've got the remake of Silent Hill 2 coming soon. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess. Um, see what they're going to do. But I'd imagine it'll be just the original games ported. So, all right, Grizz. Now, um, 
in a hilarious flex, uh, the one of the developers of Yakuza was in an interview or something, and I think they brought up like I think it was an interview. I can't quite remember exactly how it all eventuated, but basically they flexed on GTA saying that they developed ten games in the amount of time that it took them to develop one game, which is kind of hilarious. So, dang, yeah, flex on them big time. Flex on them, yeah. Capo, it seems the success of Armored Core may be driving from Software's commitment to the next Elden Ring DLC being fucking huge. Yeah. Um, Basically, it kind of sounds like Armored Core went really well uh, and as part of their investment meeting, they basically kind of noted that that has also helped them ensure that other projects they're working on are going to also be really fucking good. So, um, yeah, pretty exciting. Now, Grizz, Persona 3 Reloaded is Atlas's fastest-selling ever video game, Whoa. selling 1 million copies in their first week, which is kind of wild. And, uh, like, this isn't another thing, Grizz. People always complain, like, oh, fucking, not another fucking remake. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then you have shit like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why dude, wouldn't companies keep doing it? I don't mind it, man. They just need to be certain games. Neither. I mean, we're yelling out, we're screaming out for uh, Bloodborne. I actually really like the, the Diablo 2 uh, remaster as well. Yeah. I guess a remake yeah, and remaster a is different. Yeah. 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 I don't mind it. Look, yeah, I think I'm, I'm all about remakes. I, I think they're fine. So Now, yeah, Cap Helldivers 2 centered all over Twitch TV this week. Uh, Apparently, Helldivers 2 concurrent Steam player uh, is a record for PlayStation Studios' highest uh, player count. So, yeah. More than God of War. More than God of War when that came across to Steam. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be doing really well, which is surprising because I am pretty sure when I saw this game announced, I said almost, quote, this game looks fucking boring. Yeah. Look, I think there's. Um, I think it's giving people co-op. I think people are enjoying the co-op aspect of it, right? This yeah. friendly fire gives me a lot of. Uh, actually, what is that? What is that? Starship. It gives me a lot of Starship Troopers vibes. Yeah, it is supposed yeah. to be pretty buggy too, Cap. I hear, but yeah, people are enjoying it. Seems alright. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, look, I mean, I haven't actually tuned in to see. I guess what is going on and how. It's kind of going, so I just have no idea how good it is, or if it's even any good at all. But uh, hey, I mean the numbers kind of speaking for themselves. Grizz um, seems like it's a, a winner from the eyes of, uh, I guess, PlayStation at, at mm-hmm. the very minimum, right? So pretty cool. All right, well there you go, Grizz. That's uh, that's actually the show. Would you believe it? That's everything. We can go to bed now. We did it. Um, yes. Look. Just want to say a big thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. If you're listening to this in your own time via podcast, we'd really appreciate a cheeky little review. Five stars only, thank you. Keep your bloody three sub plus less than uh, to yourself, all right? I don't want to hear it. Uh, otherwise, if you're listening live, appreciate you doing so. Uh, maybe just let a friend know that we exist. That'd be pretty cool. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, other than that, Another big thank you to our wonderful Patreons. If you'd like to become one, you can go to patreon.com slash OGR show and follow the prompts. Uh, if you want to join us on Discord, go to OGR.show and you'll find a link to our Discord there. You can join us and chat shit 
in real time with us, which is pretty cool. Um, other than that, we've got a Twitter. You can go and find that on the same link, OGR.show. In fact, you can find most of our links there. Our Twitch link is on there, the whole lot. Uh, links to our podcasts, everything. So, look, regardless, thanks so much for being a big bunch of legends and uh, we'll catch you guys next Monday on the Oceanic Gaming Radio podcast. See you later. See ya. Wow.